Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpeed. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. It is Tuesday night. It is 9.30 p.m. We are Cal and Sam Pete. We are ready to unload radio program, podcast, whatever you want to call it. It's all of those things. I am one of your hosts, Steve San Pietro, coming to you live from Bayside, New York. I'm going to be joined in a moment by my co-host, my partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in all things... Sublime to the ridiculous. They've made a mockery of a sham. I love that saying. That's my new favorite saying. We have so much to do tonight, so let's just bring them in. Let's just do this. We don't even need a reason. Let's bring them in. My co-host, Calniva Calpino Caliente, Mr. Brian Calvi. Hello, Calvi. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hi. Hello. Yellow. Ye- yellow. What's going on, Cal? Not much. Jeez, it feels like we just did this. It feels like we just we just did this a couple of days ago, but now we're back on the Tuesday night tip. Yeah, it's weird because and I'm loving it. I feel woo. I'm frisky. We went two weeks without a show, and then we went like two hours without a show. So. I, I went. I had a uh, a non uh, diet. It was a regular cherry Pepsi with dinner tonight. What's Oh, it was no. It was caffeined and sugared, and I am wired. I, I, am, I can hear that. <laughs> wow, I, I am loopy. One one little regular Pepsi, and I I am high as a kite right now. That's all it takes. Well, it's let's remember it's just Pepsi. Yeah, I know. But if you're not used to it, nice. I you know it's I'm high as a kite. I feel fantastic. Woo! That's good. It, this is this is the most appropriate time for you to feel fantastic. Yes. How are you, partner? We got a lot of sports to talk about tonight, Cal. Yeah, I'm good. We do have a lot of sports to talk about. Yeah, we got great stuff. I I know the Metropolitans right now uh, hit not one, but two Grand Slams this evening, Cal. Yeah. Now maybe the um, maybe the snarky beat reporters can stop uh, reporting <laughs> every time that the bases are loaded. Yeah. Uh, one in particular seems to. Take tremendous amount of joy. Yeah, that's it. But the shtick is gone now. What now? Yeah. What do they do? Yeah, it's uh, one one particular beat writer likes to tweet every time the bases are loaded, and the yeah. fact that they've been out grand slammed eighteen to nothing until tonight when they hit when they hit grand slams in back to back innings. 
Unbelievable. And who, and who hit the first one, Cal? The first one was uh, Jason Bay. That's right. The much maligned Jason Bay. The Jason Bay. I'm going to start using the like the Ohio State University, the Jason Bay. Right. Like like Miami is the U. The U. That's right. He could be the Bay. He could be the Bay. Uh, and then the second one, the next inning, Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran, yeah. He's, he sure looks okay, doesn't he? Yes, they were up 13 to 2. It's 13 to 3. R.A. Dickey just gave up a solo home run. Good. Let him. Good. Throw strike, and, jackass. And uh, how about Jose Reyes? Jose Reyes. Four for four, for four and a homer short of the cycle. Yes, and another triple, and he missed a home run by about a foot. He did, and he, and he cruised into second for the double. Well, no, but that's because Turner was in front of him. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Right. Turner was on first base, and Turner had sort of gone halfway because it looked like Brennan Bosch, Bosch may come to Bosch, Boshy may come down with it. We don't need to do play-by-play. Let's just put it this way: the Mets are on uh, in danger of going a game above 500. The Yankees are red hot, like yes. a fire, like a firecracker. Which is uh, apropos, as it is going to be Fourth of July weekend this weekend. It is, and the Mets take on the Yankees. Hmm. We'll talk interleague. We'll talk Subway Series a little later. We're, mi- We're missing somebody, Steve. I know. It feels. I feel weird. I. What could be missing? I don't know what's happening. There's something missing. What is it? What? Tell sort me. Of, I must sort know. Sort of. Sort of like a royalty to the show. It is. So you know what? That's a good way of putting it. What is it? Right. Tell me. I must know. I. I don't know. I. You know. You know. Well, let's just get him in here before he busts. Bring him in. Let's just bring him in. Our producer, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ. You like no how I put patri, that? Spiritu Zandi, <laughs> Domino Patre, I miss the bus. Domino, Domino's Pizza, e Pepperoni, amen. You know, there's, there's, re- <laughs> there's really no way to do that, like, goofy uh, church Latin bit. Without quoting Johnny Dangerously. There's there's no way to do it. No. No way. I miss wow. the bus. You miss the bus. We all miss the bus. <laughs> Ma- Mas- MasterCard. Magna Carta. Master Charger. Magna- well, let me ask you. I got to ask you a question. The radio's too loudy. <laughs> this, this, is, this is a technical question. Welcome to the show, Peach. Hi, gang. Hi. Yeah, the tech- girl. Question. <laughs> we do. Ready to unload. Need a girl is, here to, to be giggling in the background and be cute and sweet. You saying we need like a Robin, like a sports Robin Quivers? No, she she's too she's too <laughs> no. independent. No, no, I want like a I want a giggly Hooters waitress who's very excited wow. to see me all the time. Wow. So that when when I get on, it's like, oh, oh, hi, PJ, oh, PJ, like an intern. Yes, like a summer intern. Yes. Yeah. Their job still... may be riding on it. <laughs> We're still talking about the show, right? Like this isn't no. just like the house. No. <laughs> no, I'm trying to start Cramerica over here. I just need an intern. <laughs> That's the thing. Like this isn't just around the house, right? You're, you're talking about actually wanting. A giggly Hooters type waitress on the show. I, I could I could do with a gal Friday. That would be fine. 
send your letters to PJ Kajopo, care of Peter Unload Sports. Thank you. Um, that would be uh, that would be. With, I, I think the promise of a writing gig would would be what gets that done. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> Let's, Let's see, throw it we'll out put there. Put the worm on the hook, and then we'll drop the hook in the water. Let's put it on the U face. See what happens. You don't, I don't know. know what that is. <laughs> I I. <laughs> Did you ever watch Thirty Walk? <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> right. That's that's Thirty Rock's version of Facebook. Oh, okay. Of course it is. Yes, you're right. I'm gonna put it on U face, Lemon. I was on U face last time, Lemon. Uh, Peach, how was your makes me giggle. how was your four days off there? What'd you do? I was mopping. Well, the studio was wet, as you know. Still, right from the Dutch yeah. on the Dutch barn roof. Right, I'm trying to chase down some black mold. You know, before it happens, it didn't happen, so that's good. Well played. Well, you got to remember, you were there when the studio was built. The insides of that wall are rubber. Yes. Yeah, I mean, let's not let's not let's not. We, you know, make all the appropriate jokes about it being a rubber room. That's fine. But, you know, it's a sheet of rubber. You can't yeah. get moisture back there. You can't. No, it's like living inside a wetsuit. It's very bad. <laughs> the man ate bacon at every meal. You can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> so you chased out the... You chased... <laughs> that was not for lack of trying on PJ's part. You chase down you chase down the black mold. What else? How are the kids doing? Are they enjoying their summer now? It's officially happening? No, the kids are working. I had them uh, out there with the shop vac. Nice. <laughs> we had some uh we had some talcum powder. We were you know, we were powdering the room a little bit. Uh oh, we needed we needed hair dryers. Um the kids don't like me right now. They they've all I've no. all I've got. I s I need an intern. You really hit the nail on the head. I should you- have an intern doing this for me. One, yes. one that looks like she can work at Hooters. Bending. This way here, this way here your kids won't hate you. <laughs> no. Right. You are running no... the tri- you're running the triangle shirtwaist factory there. You realize that? <laughs> I've, yeah. Well, I'm, did I, I'm did I, of, uh, did I see Sinclair? Did I see Sinclair Lewis around your house the other day? Was that? <laughs> <laughs> Is that? Well, Peach, thanks for joining us. We're going to get you on in the fun load a little later. I think you do. You have some more pop culture fun stuff for us tonight. Um, what I have tonight is merely conversational. There are no questions. Excellent. Uh, there is no specific topic, and it should only take about ten seconds. So don't worry about me. Magnificent. I'll be here well, we always worry about you. Thank you uh, for producing tonight, Peach. We love you. Oh, and I love you. Wow. And then it got awkward here on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. But hey, you know what? After uh, last Saturday night's ruling, oh, we, by could the act, way, we could act on that if we wanted to here in New York. We have to we have to back away from awkward. We do? Yeah, as a punchline, you gotta get away from awkward. It's it's uh it's leaning well, towards that, uh That's right. Tell Calvi about this. Tell Cal. Awkward is is no longer a good put away punchline. It's gone. It's cliche. It's like winning. It's over. Um, South well, Park winning declared it dead. <laughs> wow, South okay. Park had a brilliant episode about about the Comedy Central Awards, the Comedy Awards, and the way they illustrated um, the absurdity of Comedy Awards was by using the word awkward as the scene ender and the 
number one punchline how to get out of anything that isn't funny. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> awkward. Uh, yeah. You so you're off awkward. I am now. I mean, I'll make things awkward, but then you just have to find a new way to get away from me. Okay. we got to think of something different to say. We will think right. of something by the end of this episode. How's that? That's good, because I'm going to be making rape jokes all night. <laughs> fired! <laughs> uh, oh, that's good. See, fired is good. <laughs> all right, Peaches, we'll talk to you in a bit, Captain. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. Not even going to say it. Good night, everybody. Thanks. Um... Cal, what's up, pal? Uh, big goings-on in baseball. The Dodgers are broke. That's good. I'm going to lead with that, and I'm going to put that in the big unload, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you I'll tell you the why. Tell me why. Because this is – McCourt keeps comparing this to the Mets situation. Right. And he keeps saying that if I was boys with Selig like, you know, Fred Wilpon is uh-huh. – then I wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't, Major League Baseball wouldn't be doing this to me. Yeah. And and, and for those of you who don't know, the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, declared bankruptcy yesterday in a Delaware court. And it, this is really interesting, Cal. There's a lot of lawyers in on this. There's going to be a lot of firms in on this and stuff like that. But what, what uh, McCourt fails to see, and this is, again, sort of amazing to me, he keeps claiming that Major League Baseball won't allow him to take this contract from Fox. This television contract, which he says, you know, will bail out, will bail me out financially. But what what somebody needs to tell him is that you're taking that money and giving it to your ex-wife in the divorce. Right. You're not putting it into the team, so you can't leverage the team to buy your way out of a divorce. <laughs> I mean, this is a, their divorce is a movie, Cal. If we were doing Ready to Unload L.A. <laughs> once. <laughs> Once we have to use the spinoff, that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> with David Caruso. <laughs> David Caruso is going to host that. Pop culture PJ's head just exploded, by the way, uh, <laughs> with with jokes. But uh, no, if we were doing RTULA right now, this would be the biggest story. In I mean, we thought we had a lot with the Madoff situation with the Mets. Yeah, this is huge, Cal. And, and now, have you have you read a little bit about this? Have you seen what McCord is saying and? Is it conceivable that it, well you had a tweet the other day that I love tell the tell the folks Oh well that was that you know finally the Dodgers the Fred Wilpon's beloved Dodgers are um probably available they probably are more available now than they've ever been and this happens to be the the exact moment that Fred Wilpon doesn't have any money to buy them Yes it's exactly it's it's ironic and and the tweet was, I wonder if Fred Wilpon appreciates that irony. I wonder if he does. Irony, such a lonely word. Remind me one day, Cal, to tell you the story behind honesty. Billy Joel was on uh, Inside – yeah, was on Inside the Actor's Studio. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Cal and I are both Billy Joel fans because it's the law. We grew up on Long Island. Right. That's when, when at your um... – your baptism or whatever religious ceremony you have when you're born, the, they they issue you your Billy Joel fan club card. <laughs> you're right given, at your first uh, holy baptism, you're given the oil on the head and a copy of 52nd Street. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Now you've got my interest peaked. 
Tell the story. There's a, there's a good story. Well, he tells the story on Inside the Actors Studio. Billy Joel did an Inside the Actors Studio with James Lipton, right? Uh, years a few years ago, and he talked about to make it real quick. He used to have uh, music before he had the words, so he didn't have words to that yet. And he was playing through the melody and stuff, and his drummer, Liberty DeVito, um, was playing along with it and had was like sort of humming words to himself just to keep okay. his place in the song because there were no words yet. And every time he would get to the chorus, you could hear him through the drum mic singing to himself, Sod of me, oh, such an ugly word. And wow. so Billy, Billy Joe was like, I got to write lyrics to this thing. <laughs> That's great. I better get some lyrics to this thing too. Sweet. See, because he had the melody, he didn't have the uh, the words yet. So, I'm I'm glad that he changed the words. Yes, yes. Not a big hit single. That sodomy. That's, that was a good career move. Uh, yes. So far, we've gotten rape and sodomy in, and alluded to gay marriage in the last wow. nine, nine minutes. And it's not. And it is not ten o'clock. So this is really <laughs> pushing the envelope. That's correct. In the last gentlemen. Eight, you do realize that sodomy was my song in hair. Was it really? It was now my song. Well, you played Wolf, right? Thank you. Yes. For those of you who don't know, PJ and I are going to get completely uh, go Broadway on you and go Broadway musical. There's a song in the musical Hair, Cal. Yes. I can see by the look on your face, you're like, how far away are we from the Dodgers and, and McCourt right now? No, we can, we can get this right back, but continue. <laughs> There's this song in Hair called Sodomy that one of the characters sings. I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> True story, Mike. <laughs> A blind daredevil? <laughs> this is if, if Francesa and Russo were having this conversation right now. Oh, my goodness. If Mike and the Mad Dog were still together and somehow they had gotten on the song Sodomy from Hair, I could just hear Russo right now. There's a song, Michael, called Sodomy? (laughs) Say something funny, Brian. (laughs) Anyway. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. And that was uh, PJ's character sang that song when they did Hair. Moving on. Back to the Dodgers. No, Cal, honestly, how does this play out? I mean, do the Dodgers get taken over? Are they why, – why can't they just force this guy to sell the team? I don't know. I don't know why they can't force him to sell the team. But, you know, what's, what's amazing is that we don't, we don't follow the Dodgers too much here in New York. You, we knew the name Frank McCourt. Um, we know he's going through a divorce. But he seems to be universally despised by everybody. Have you noticed this? Yes. <laughs> like, like people are, are, are joyful that this is happening to this man. And really just like, it, it seems like the karma stick has come in and smacked him upside the head here. Oh, totally. And I, and you, you know, know? His, his wife taking over the team and getting the team in the divorce, like this could only happen in Hollywood and wait, yeah. wait, yes, it is happening in Hollywood. But, but, but the next act of this story involves a, a potentially involves a very famous person, right? Wait, 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 let me guess. Are you following where I'm going with this? Let me guess. Fred Willard. Not Fred Willard. <laughs> or Martin Mull. <laughs> Fernwood Tonight. Neither one of them. For um, the, Mark for the, Cuban. For the seven people who know what Fernwood Tonight is, 
that one was for you. <laughs> I know what that is. Yeah. Um, you know, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is is anxiously awaiting, you know, how this is going to play out because he's been wanting to buy a baseball team for a really long time, and Bud Selig and the rest of the owners do not want him involved in Major League Baseball. Right. Well, he made a strong push to buy the Cubs. Right. The Tribune Company, and the Major League owners said no, they don't want him in the the owners' club. Right, and last and last year when when the Texas Rangers actually went up for auction in bankruptcy think, as well. Right, I think uh, I think Cuban's group uh, finished second in that auction. Yes, they they uh, they were a strong player in that, of course, and he, he owns the Dallas Mavericks, so that right. would have been a natural play for him. He's wanted in on this for a long time, Cal, but the problem is how desperate, or not the problem, the situation has to become a certain level of desperate for Mark Cuban to be a strong contender to take over uh, uh, the team. He has the money. He can put the group together in a heartbeat. The Dodgers are are supposedly uh, valued at close to a billion dollars, just like the Mets. Um, But they are $500 million in debt, as opposed to the 275 that the Mets are. Um, The comparisons between what's going on with the Wilpons and the Madoff situation and the Wilpons being sued for a billion dollars – uh, by uh, the trustee Irving Picard in a clawback situation. There are obviously a lot of similarities there, but the biggest non-similarity is McCord is going through a divorce in a uh, – wh- what's the uh, – uh, California is a state that has shared property. Right, right, right. Okay, so I – I can, Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Right, so uh, maybe PJ can jump in here and, and, and clarify what I'm trying to say. But California is a community property state. Meaning that in a divorce, she gets half. Right. Which means she gets the Dodgers. <laughs> you know, the Wilpons are – thank you, PJ. It's Habsies. Thanks. Don't Try not to get too litigious. <laughs> Please, there are lay people out there, Peach. Please. Um, no, but – so he has this situation. It's an entirely different thing where he's being sued for personal property. Whereas if the Wilpons lose the clawback, they're going to have to sell the Mets because they will be separately bankrupt. You That's know? right. Uh, this is a situation where the Dodgers are actually in his personal fortune. So it's an, it's a different situation. And again, as you said, Cal, he's hated. I mean, I don't know what this guy – like how he snuck in as an owner. It's amazing. Nobody likes him. Yeah, and Selig seems to be like, can't wait to get him out of town fast enough. Right. Like, if Selig could yank the team from him tomorrow, he would. But he's got to be careful, because if he yanks the team from him, and Major League Baseball, I heard this on the radio today, and I don't want to take credit for coming up with this on my own, but um, if Major League Baseball loses control of the sale of the Dodgers, if it goes to bankruptcy court, then it goes to an auction, and when it goes to an auction, then it just goes to the highest bidder. Right, anybody can get which in. Is, there. Right, which is how Cuban could could potentially get in on this team, at the, uh, you know, to the chagrin of of Bud Selig. Two things. One, don't you desperately want to see Cuban own a baseball team? Absolutely. Great, good, and I no better place for it than the Dodgers, right? I mean, either the you know, either, either the Mets or the Dodgers. I'm good with either one. Exactly. He would probably his first order of business, Cal, would probably be to tell the Wilpons to take down the Jackie Robinson Rotunda, <laughs> and, st- and and stop selling Brooklyn Dodgers jerseys in the Mets clubhouse store in City Field. 
he would just walk in with like a sledgehammer and just yeah. like destroying the rotunda. Take down the num- the big number 42. Right. The loop of Jackie Robinson playing on the big screen television in the rotunda. Right. Rotunda. Rotundo. Rotundo. <laughs> Where is the rotundo? I don't know. <laughs> I want to I want to go to the rotundo. Maybe we should. I had another point and now I can't think of it. You had your your second point, A and B. I did have A and B. Right. I I had A and B. Mhm. A and B. <laughs> you realize that that PJ made that sound clip for us and it's fantastic. But uh-huh. that's probably his kids hooting and whistling in the back. Yeah. <laughs> like he probably made his kids and his wife be like, come here, I need you guys in the studio. Everybody clap and, and Lily, do that whistle thing you do. <laughs> They're good, I'm telling you. His, his his family, they are trained sound engineers. He's got a talented family. Yes, I can't remember the B, so. That's okay. I, I don't know. Couldn't have, it couldn't have been that good. Well, here, let me remind you. A was, don't you want to see Mark Cuban own a baseball team? Yes, and you said yes. You right. agreed wholeheartedly. My second point was not so much about Cuban. Okay. I can't remember what it was. Oh, well. Couldn't have been that good anyway. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, no, I, I think it's going to be an interesting situation that plays itself out in Los Angeles, obviously. Oh, got it. Yeah, see? see? You're smart. You talk through. I'm smart, Mike. I had a little Fredo moment there. Um, <laughs> he says I'm stupid, but I'm smart. And I was passed over. Um, no, the you want to know who the biggest creditor is? Cal, did you see this on the bankruptcy filing? No. When it when a bankruptcy is filed, uh, they they list the creditors. You know, like the the largest amount of money owed to somebody. So, like, if, you know, I don't know, whatever, like, uh, company ABC files for bankruptcy and it owes me $20,000, I'm the top creditor. Right. Because I need my money back, and that's what's going to happen in bankruptcy. You know who it is for this? For the Dodgers? Who? Manny. Oh, right. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> it's Manny. Manny is owed $21 million. So he's the largest single creditor. You know who the second one is? Andrew Jones. I forgot he even played for them. Yeah, no, they were saying this today that if you look down the list of creditors on the filing, it's all uh-huh. players. It's like Casey Allen Blake, three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. You know, <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's crazy. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen is the phone number if you do want to call us and talk about uh, anything, really, anything. Uh, now, Cal, before we get on to the Mets and the Yankees and the Subway Series coming up this weekend, Jose Reyes must have done something else good because I'm playing Dr. Ira Stat this week in fantasy. What, what did he say? And he just texted me, okay, Reyes, I get it, you're good. So he was already four for four having like a 15-point day. Yeah, no, he didn't do anything else. Oh, okay. Well, I'd say you've done enough. He's, yeah, he's out of the game, too. So Good, good. The last thing we need. The last thing we need. 
Um, how do you feel about the Metropolitans right now? It's a very odd time because everybody has wanted them to suck. And the media has sort of been like – is like annoyed that they're not 10 games under 500. Right. It seems. Uh, they're right. not. If, if and when they win tonight, they will be a game over 500 mm-hmm. for the first time since when? Oh, nice. Ooh, make that make that louder. There we go. Make it louder. There it is. Oh, nice. Look at that. There it is. Because the Mets are really sucking the ball. Don't get the home. I got uh, I got Wesley dancing to this, Cal. Good. I sing. It's about time. Yeah, I sing this to him. Not even walking. And they no. He's crawling. He's crawling. Yes. He's make he's making an argument, Cal. He's arguing. When I hear that song, it makes me think of the um here in New York and S- on SNY in New York, they show the old Met yearbooks. Yes. You How know, great are those shows? They're terrific. They're just oh. they're fantastic to watch, but um they they remind me of like the ones from the early 60s. Absolutely. That they were on like 64 63 actually is my favorite because it's the last one at Shea Stadium. Uh, and the show and the show kind of closes with a preview of the state of the art facility yeah. that's being built for the Mets. I saw that a couple of weeks ago. It was the last one at the Polo Grounds, you mean? Right. Uh, yeah, right. right. Last, yeah. Last one at the Polo Grounds, and then before um, Shea. Right. But then they interview these people. Yeah. In the, in, in the, out on the street, it's like the man on the street interview. Right. And they're like, "I like the Mets because they're good, and I think they're going to do it this year." You know, the Mets are really good. They have a lot of fun when they play, too, and they're full of character. <laughs> Folks, what we're talking about here is that during rain delays on SNY here in New York, uh, which is the home of the, the Mets, during rain delays, they play these uh, Mets yearbooks. And, and I guess other teams did this, too. But the Mets, uh, being in a town with the Yankees when they came about in 1962, uh, really tried and, – and, of course, being a very bad team in the early 60s and a very bad team in the late 70s, really tried anything to sort of properly or or promote themselves in a good light. And they used well, to do these... These were team... Yeah, they were team-produced Yeah, videos. they were like team-produced videos. But Cal, was everybody doing them then? I don't see them for the yes. Yanks on Yes. Yeah, no, I think they were doing them. Okay. Uh, well, these are the Met versions. But because they stunk, a lot of times you'll get like... And, you know, it's like the 63 one is great because they go to the man on the street... And who's talking very fast, and, <clears throat> and it's like clear that they told him what to say, or they said say something good right. about the Mets, you know. And so you hear like odd comments, like <laughs> they're just kind of random. Yeah, they play with a lot of character and heart. I like that. <laughs> I think Ed Cranepool is the best. <laughs> I caught the one. I caught that sixty-three one, Cal, and it's also great because it's Stangle with uh, Casey Stangle doing the Metsy thing, right? Doing his whole Casey Stangle did this whole long speech about the amazons, 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 and then you see the and then the little babies are saying that they say Metsy, Metsy, Metsy. They're not saying mommy or daddy. They're saying Metsy, Metsy, Metsy. And uh, I caught that one, and they're so great. They really are. I like watching the ones from like when we were five or six or seven. Because I was watching baseball then, but I vaguely remember those teams. Like the early 80s. 
Exactly. Or even like 75. Or late 70s. Yeah, like I, wa- I remember watching games in 79. Sure. And I had Lee Mazzilli pajamas. I mean, who didn't? You know? Nobody did. I had Lee Mazzilli number 16 pajamas, for those of you playing at home. Uh, but anyway, those are, those are, we got to get like some clips of those and just play them. Like just the little sound bites of the people talking. They're the tops. I really think they could go all the way. Uh, and even, and even when, uh, Bob Nelson and Lindsay, Bob Nelson, Bob Nelson, Bob Murphy. Yes. And Lindsay Nelson, they're interviewing the pitching staff. <laughs> Yeah, there's not the media. That's the other great thing. There's not the media polish on these no. on these guys. Like they're so not used to being on TV, especially in like in '63, yeah. like you know '64. These guys are not used to doing television interviews. They also and, didn't have. They also didn't have the ability to zoom in for a close up. <laughs> so, like they're talking to one pitcher, and the other four are just kind of standing there, like waiting to be spoken to. Waiting their turn. They don't know what to do with themselves. Oh, it's so great. Uh, for those of you in New York, and if you're a Met fan, you, some there's times I'm praying for a rain delay. I know. Just to, you know, just to see that some of these is so great. There's like four other pitchers standing there, like I don't know what I'm gonna say when he gets to me. Like they look like, don't call on me. Don't call on me. Like you know, they're holding their arm. Yeah. You know, they don't know what to do with their glove. Let's talk to Gary Gentry. <laughs> Uh, so the Gary, you might pitch out of the bullpen, or you might be in the rotation. How do you feel about that? Well, well Bob, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I could pitch in the bullpen, or I could pitch out of the rotation. Really, it doesn't matter. I just want to help the team and and you know do my best to to help the team. Casey's Casey Gill's done a, a fine job of getting us all to believe in each other and. And have ourselves uh, a good time when we come to the ballpark. <clears throat> sure, we might not win a lot of games this year, but, you know, we're building something, and, and the fans seem to like us, and the fans are just keen. <laughs> Thanks. That was Art Shamsky. Thanks, Art. Good luck this year. Uh, yes, there was a Major League Baseball player named Art Shamsky. Anyway, the the Mets are about to uh, move a game over 500. I don't know if they've oh, yeah. been over 500 yet this season. Have they? They were three and two. Yeah, they were three and two. That's the last time they were over 500. Yep. They were three and two. And now they they will be um, 40 and 39. 40 and 40 and 39. That's right. Yep. And three and one on this make or break season's over road trip. Right. Right. That's where they were supposed to get buried. This was it, yeah, because you know they're supposed to be they're supposed to be trading everybody, and it's funny because that's when you like when the Mets win a game, you don't hear about the fact that they won the game. <laughs> you know that that's like the third story. You know the first story is what are they going to do with Reyes, right? And then K- the second story, K Rod K Rod will win. There's no trade clause. Well, actually, yeah, that's two A and two B is why why are they using K Rod because now he's another game towards vesting that option. Yeah. And what are they thinking? How could Terry Collins, a smart baseball man, not know about the option? And yeah, it's 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 the same narrative every time the Mets win, and that's fine. I think the fans, I I think there were good crowds out at the last homestand. I think it'll be packed this weekend for the Yankees mm-hmm. uh, if they keep if they continue to play well, and if they somehow take two out of three from this Detroit team that's to face Verlander on Thursday. 
But if they right. take two out of three from this Detroit team, who's in first place, after taking two out of three from the Rangers, who are in first place, and right. somehow go four, you know, go four and two on this little road trip, or whatever, and and, and be a game or two over five hundred when they come back, people are going to start going out to that ballpark to see this team, if only to tell the media to stick it. Well, I think I think there's a little something like that that's building. Oh, it's, certainly oh, it's the definitely teams. it definitely is. Cert- yep. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it definitely is, Cal. It definitely is among the fans who are tired of seeing this media narrative of a beatdown where we were supposed to trade Reyes a month ago. And I, I sorry, I used the we. You can smack me later. Where they oh, were supposed, okay. the Mets were supposed to trade Reyes a month ago, and Carlos Beltran supposed to be a Philly, and K Rod supposed to be a Yankee, and uh, Jose Reyes is already in a Giants uniform. Right. And what the what the what the beat reporters and the national media don't seem to get for this team or get in a fan base is that no one wants to give up on a season. It's too long. Okay, it's too long. A baseball season is six or seven months. It's 162 games. You're going to tell me in May that my season's over when I, the team is only two or three games below 500? No. Uh, no. Sorry. It's too long in between seasons. There's no need to do that. And so I think there's blowback coming you know, with the, with the national media, or, or I should say with the local media. I think the fan base, and that's why you see Don't Trade Reyes uh, uh, protests and stuff like that. You see that gathering of – you know, uh, 5,000 people out on Shea Bridge at City Field with Don't Trade Reyes t-shirts on. That's as much for the media as it is for the ownership. Absolutely. You know, and I think I think there's a little blowback coming to these guys because of the snark and the and the criticism, you know. And, and we're going to get into Moneyball a little bit later, Cal, because I finally started reading it. And I'm, <laughs> I'm actually going to issue an, an RTU challenge right here on the program. Okay. Ooh. Here's what we're going to do. Okay? You're going to go out and get it this week. Okay? No ifs, ands, or buts. No. And we are going to read it in together on the show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, RTU is an Andy Kaufman bit. Yes, <laughs> that's right. We're going to read The Great Gatsby. Oh, boy. Uh no, we're going to read it. We're going to take like three weeks, and that's all it'll take you to read it. Trust me. Okay. All right, and then we're going to do a show on it. We're going to do like a special Moneyball show. Six years too late, <laughs> we're going to do a Moneyball show. Can't wait. The movie is coming out in September, so we got time. We could even do this show like in August, the Moneyball okay. show. But you you are going to – I'm 70 pa- – <laughs> Pop Culture PJ just shouted on IM Book Club. <laughs> um, I think that's the new awkward, Peach. Book I think I think that's, I think that's it. it. Like anytime it gets awkward, I'm gonna go Book Club. <laughs> right. Then we're then we're gonna promote Arrested Development. The show is cutting edge. Yeah. We're gonna do we're gonna do an entire podcast on a book that came out seven years ago. Right after we do an entire podcast about a sitcom that's been canceled for five years. Oh, boy. Uh, but no, that is my challenge to you. Because you're going you're gonna to devour it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But my point was, Sandy Olison has been in town for exactly 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he's inherited a ton of these problems. And he can't even win, because when they were playing well, 
we had to read articles about how they were Omar Minaya's Mets. Right, yeah. Omar is the one that built this team. That's correct. Uh, Omar, Omar drafted these guys, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I, there's blowback, Cal, for sure. There's blowback from the fans, and I, and I really – I'm starting to get the sense that this team is starting is, – is kind of – you know, we, we talk about the scene from Major League, you know, the movie Major League, which was – everybody thought that the Cleveland Indians were, were garbage. They were left for dead. Nobody, nobody gave them a shot to win anything. They found out that the, that the team's owner wanted them to lose – I'm giving away the whole plot of Major League. But the whole point is... <laughs> I hardly think you have to worry about a spoiler for a movie that came, <laughs> a movie that came out 22 years ago. I think we're okay. Yeah, spo- spoiler alert. <laughs> if you have not seen the movie Major League, you might want to turn the, the radio off right now or the internet or whatever it is you're listening to. Um, the whole point is, I think there's a little something in the, in the Met Clubhouse going on where... Nobody, nobody believed in them. They're supposed to be ten games under five hundred. They were supposed to be a national joke, you know. Only the Mets. Only the, hey, another pitch got hurt. Only the Mets. Da 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 da. You know, I think that this team is kind of rallying together, and I think this team knows that Beltran's going to be gone, and K Rod is probably going to be gone, and Jose Reyes might might be gone too, and they're giving it one last shot, and I and you know where I see that a lot, Steve. I see that a lot in the way Carlos Beltran is approaching the game. Yeah. He's like almost like this is my last year. I've been here for 7 years. Let's see, let's let's give it one last shot and see what we can do. Yeah. No, I I I agree with that. He is playing hard. He's playing every day. He's missed what? Two games? I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, if if that, he leads the team in games played. Yes. Uh he had a grand slam tonight. Uh, he's really played well. He's played a fine right field. His mobility is seem- seemingly getting better. I-, I mean, I don't think he's been a liability in right field by any means. Uh, he's no, run not the bases. At all. You know, he's run run the bases fine. I think your point is well taken. I mean, you know, they see the signs too, Cal. You well, know, when, yeah, when there's when there's a storage sign for Manhattan Storage that says, you know, how can you leave uh, a city with six or state or a city with six professional baseball or six professional sports team and the Mets. I mean, you've seen that, right? Of course. Yeah, you know they see this stuff too. They see it. Absolutely. I mean, they live in the. They, they they know what's going on. They talk to these beat writers every day. You know, they they. I I think there is a certain amount of f them mentality in that locker room right now. You know, if nothing else, they got a lot of pride as ball players, and they yeah. don't like to be seen as jokes. Yep. But and, and no ball player wants to. You know what I mean? I, 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 you look at a guy like Daniel Murphy, who's intensity in ten cities anyway. Right. You know they, these guys want to prove that they belong in the major leagues. And and you know what? They go a game over five hundred with a uh, a win tonight. And you know what? Good for them. They've been enjoyable to watch. They've been a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But they, but they're sticking around with a rotation that you would have laughed at. And I still can't stand Mike Pelfrey. <laughs> and. Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike, <laughs> oh Pelfrey. Uh, I mean, Mike Pelfrey's arguably their number five starter right now. Yeah, I would <laughs> I agree. Think, think about it. I mean, Dylan G is number one. Is probably the one starter. You know, Nice is two, Dickie's three, Capuano's four, and Pelfrey's five. Right. And he, Pelfrey and Pelfrey's, Pelfrey's the guy I have the least amount of confidence in when he's on the mound. Right. So it's probably it's it's as if the rotation was turned completely upside down on its ear. On its ear. 
Now look, Cal, we gotta talk a little bit about the Yankees. We do, but let's to, just to finish up on the Mets. Nobody, nobody is suggesting here that the Mets are gonna win the, you know, make the playoffs, win the World Series. They're gonna be a, a storybook oh, ending. Come on, Beltran's gonna ride off into the sunset. Reyes is gonna ride off into the sunset. Everybody, you know, nobody's suggesting that. I think what we're talking about here is the fact that this is a team that's likable for the first time in years. It's a team that's putting forth a gritty, gutty effort every night. It's a team that's got a player who's who's completely playing out of this world in Jose Reyes. I mean, Ridiculous. no Met no Met has ever, ever. I mean, we were talking Mike Piazza ever put up a season like this from the offensive side, ever. And, uh, and you know, defensively, you know, he saved the game arguably yesterday or on Sunday. Yeah. Well, I, I'm talking. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Overall, I'm talking been, about an offensive. We've been watching him for a long time, Cal. We've been watching him since he came up in 2003, and mm-hmm. he has been nothing. I've I've loved this guy for a long time, but you you grew sort of spoiled. I think we started to take his talent for granted, and then the last two years he's been hurt a bunch and stuff like that, and you forgot just how done. And he's never done this before in his career, granted, for this sustained of a period. But we're reminded just how good this guy is every day. Like he's it's it's hit. You know, of yeah. course it's in a contract here, but he is only 27. So the Look, fact that it finally hit is not surprising. Yeah, but he, I, I think we can all agree that he's not going to consistently be a 350 hitter. No. You know. Yeah. No. But who is in Major League Baseball? What are there four of them? What are there, three exactly. or four guys that can hit 340 every year? You know. the, bottom, the, bottom, the, the bottom line with this team is that this was we, – we as Met fans, and I'm saying we, I don't care. We as Met fans <laughs> were not supposed to have a season after May 30th. The season was supposed to be over, and all we were supposed to do was kind of sit back and watch all of our players go and watch the fire sale and watch City Field be empty. And watch the the Wilpons lose all their money to Madoff, and you know everybody just keep laughing at the Mets. What a joke! That's their role. They're the joke, and it's really nice to see that this team now halfway through the season is not only relevant, but is actually borderline contending, and is fun to watch, and I'm happy about that. I can't. Uh, I I got nothing to add there. Do the sexual chocolate. Give me it. <laughs> My phone didn't actually fall down. Let's, let's hear it from Mr. Randy Watson. Uh, so let's, talk, let's talk about the Yankees. Let's. And uh, and, uh, and here's why. Uh, Derek Jeter was supposed to come back off the DL uh, tomorrow. That's not going to happen. Derek is six six hits shy of 3,000. We all know about this. The Yankees are playing really good uh, right now. They're playing really well. They've scrapped that pitching staff together with bubblegum and wrappers. Uh, they should get Bartolo Colon back this weekend against the Mets, which would be a huge lift. But uh, they've really, you know, just ravaged the NL Central. And then, you know, they uh, took two out of three from the Rockies, uh, took two out of three from the Reds, took two out of three from the Cubs. So, they, they've really done a nice job in interleague here and, and completely being understaffed. Phil Hughes should be back in the rotation pretty soon. Uh, so they're going to get a couple of shots in the arm there with Cologne and Hughes coming back to that rotation. But CC's been great as usual. 
And they've hit enough. And A-Rod's playing through an injury right now. Edwin Nunez has done a ton with the bat, Cal, at shortstop. Uh, he's committed like nine errors in 12 games. Uh, but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you're saying he's an African-American wide receiver in a football movie. Is what you're saying. Uh, we, we, we covered this. Um, the, uh, <laughs> no, tell, somebody tell yeah. pop culture PJ that's okay. What I just said. Right, because we talked about this. And A and B, it's a stereotype in every stupid football movie. The, casting. the black wide receiver always has bad hands. And Damn it. B. There it is. There it is. The Cachopo family providing the background for the A and B for the A and B clip. Did you pay them for that? Did you have to pay them for that? Do they get royalties? Yeah, of course he had to. I think your daughter should at least get a nickel every time that's played on the show. Something. He has nothing to say. Um, no, but they, they've really done a good job uh, filling in for uh, Jeter. You know, Swisher's come up with some big hits. Teixeira's got 20-plus home runs. Uh, Cal, they, they're jockeying back and forth with the Red Sox in first place. This weekend, With the, they have a big series right now with um, – uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, interestingly enough, very interesting series. Yeah. Uh, where I think they moved CC up to pitch in that series, and not against the Mets. He's gonna he's gonna pitch Thursday in that series. So right. Instead of Friday. Mets. Right. Um. And and there was a time they were talking about this today on WFAN, and I totally agree. There was a time, Cal, where you would, you know, the Mets were a more contending team in the last few years, two thousand five, two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Where you would you would hold CC to, against the Mets because they were a better team, they're not, and you can run out you know your scrubs out there. Uh, of course, the Mets are scoring 15 runs a game right now, but um, it's going to be a very interesting series this weekend with the Mets and the Yankees, especially if the Mets come in off a two out of three from the Tigers and, and feeling good about themselves, get the Yankees at home. Cal, here's it's almost not worth talking about the Yankees until Jeter. Either either Jeter comes back or we're at the trade deadline. We talked about it a little bit last week. Do you and, and now four whole days have gone by. Do you see them do you see them jockeying a bit though? They they got to make a move, right? They've got to make a move at the deadline. They gotta get a pitcher, Cal. They gotta get a pitcher in there. You've yeah, got to get another starting pitcher in there. You can't rely on Bartolo Colon and Freddie Boom Boom Garcia. To, to 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 you know down the stretch these are guys who haven't been healthy in years. Yeah, I think they do have to get another pitcher, but but at what cost are, are you willing to to deal for a pitcher when you got to feel Hughes coming back? Well, you, you don't know, know what Phil want, Hughes is. You don't know, but do you want to give up one of your uh, one of the killer bees down there? No, no, certainly not. But I but but you know we brought this guy up a million times on the show. He's the most talked about Yankee farmhand on on Ready to Unload. He's been talked about for a year and a half, and that's Jesus Montero, their catching prospect. Uh, you know, at what point does he either come up and play? Because uh, although Posada's sort of been rejuvenated since he did his crybaby thing, uh, or do they use just use this guy as trade bait already? And enough. Depends on what they're trying to get. 
you know, and and here's the thing: we talked about this too last week. There's so many teams that are still in it. That right, we don't park, know. It's gonna be, right, it's going to be tough to to pry a starting pitcher away from anybody. I mean, look at look at your perennial trading partners. You know, a team like Pittsburgh is at 500. A team like Kansas City is only seven or eight games out of the out of out of the division in the Central. You know, so there's not there's only maybe a handful of teams. Teams like Houston. Um, I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't really think. The Cubs. There's not a lot of teams that are out of it where you can go in and and start scouring their rotations. You got so, your, your Carlos Zambrano is is a big guy that you would think about on the Cubs. A guy yeah. like a guy like Brett Myers on the Astros is maybe a guy that you want to bring in a veteran who's been in a pennant race. Look, these guys are going to shake free in the next couple of weeks. It's all going to shake down. But Cal, what's your Let's look at the Yankees real quick. What's your biggest surprise on that team right now? I think they're, you know, 13 games over or something like that. Um, you know, they're jo- again, jockeying for first place with the Red Sox. What's the biggest surprise for you? Is it how well Garcia and Cologne have done in that fourth and fifth spot? That's been surprising. I have to say I'm surprised at the way Curtis Granderson has played this year. Yeah. He's talented and 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 it's not surprising that he's had a good season, but how good a season he's had has surprised me a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think he's settled in. Everybody said he was a great clubhouse guy last year, and that it, but it might take him a little bit to settle into New York. And uh, Curtis Granderson has a ton of ability. I've seen that. You know, and, and if he can settle in and be the everyday center fielder for the Yankees for the next couple of years, uh, that'd be nice. He's having a, a, a terrific season. He still struggles against lefties, and he's going to. But, uh, you know, he I, I definitely agree, Cal. He's been a very, very nice surprise. And I think the amount of games you've gotten out of A-Rod is somewhat of a surprise. You know, I, I think at some point he's destined to go down for 15 days or so. And it's the kind of deal where I think if Jeter wasn't on the DL, you would have seen him go on the DL right now because he really is battling through a knee, uh, a knee injury. You know, he's got like tendonitis or something in his knee, and you know that's the kind of deal where like they rest him for 15 days. Like, oh, he's hurt. We'll give you 15 days off. Like if Jeter was in that lineup, I think you almost do that. Right, I agree. And Eric Chavez, uh, Eric Chavez hasn't been there either. Let me let me ask you a question about Jeter. Do it before we move on. Yes, we got and we got to talk about the NFL lockout. We have to, and then we no, we will. To, then we can go to the fun load. We don't worry. I'm. Do I look concerned? This is not going to take long. Don't worry. <laughs> do you think that the Yankees are playing around with Jeter's injury and return from the disabled list in order to manipulate his three thousandth hit? Oh, being at Yankee Stadium. No, you didn't. I see the question, Cal. I'm not. I am not accusing. We I'm not. We did nothing wrong, Cal. I am not. I am not suggesting that there's anything going on. I'm I, merely bringing it up as a point of conversation. So let me get this straight. In honor of Peter Fox passing. You just went very Columbo on me for this last Yankee point. You basically went, eh, eh, one more thing, Steve. I'm just a little confused. If you could, uh, if you could clear this up, Derek Jeter. I know, I know, I know. I see your face. 
I gotta ask you, do you is there is there something going? I just I'm sorry, I'm sorry. One more question before I go. Why, why are you wearing a trench coat now? <laughs> I'm a method actor, <laughs> even even on the radio. Uh, no, I don't, and I'll tell you why. I feel like when this injury happened, and Jimmy Rollins came out and told him. Dude, if you think you're just missing two weeks, you're sadly mistaken. Mm. Like, this could bother you all year. Rollins had it two years ago, and he was never right. You remember two years ago, he kept coming back, and then he'd play three games and go back on the DL for two weeks? Sure. I I think he's genuinely injured. I really do. Because you're not talking – you're talking about the Yankees, okay – they don't need to sell out the stadium. That's A. Of course not. A. So so they don't need to manipulate it to have it at home to get a sellout. No, I don't think that the, I don't think that's why they would be manipulated. I don't think they're looking for a sellout. But it was so then what would be the event, I mean, what would be the big deal about him doing it at home? Well, here's the thing. They've never had a uh, a Yankee has never hit their, gotten their three thousandth hit in a Yankee uniform. That's correct. It's kind of a big deal, you know. <laughs> kind of a big deal, Ron Burke. Kind of, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just lost my trip. Oh, so the reason why now? Okay, you don't think that they're manipulating it. I don't. Do you think there's any? Do you? Okay. Do you think there would be anything wrong with it? If they chose to go that route. If they chose to, you know, would, let him rest would, to come back on a homestand? Right. Would you have a problem with that? Absolutely. And so would Darren have a problem. Yes. Okay. It's, it's June. You're a half game up or behind the Red Sox. And if Edwin Nunez is better than Derek Jeter, well, then why'd you sign him for three years and $15 million? It's Eduardo Nunez. I don't, I, you know what? I'm calling him E. Nunez. How's that? Going forward, he will be E. Nunez. The artist <laughs> makes a lot of them. The, whoa! There it is. <laughs> you know what that deserves? This. A joke that bad deserves this. China, never met before. Who cares? When you drop kick your jacket, Ready to unload. It's filmed before a live studio audience. Let me tell you something. If Dr. E. Ray was listening right now, he would be irate. Retching. He would be irate. I don't care. I'm. That's. You know why I use that? Because you just made a very sitcom joke. <laughs> did you even? Did, I know we're on the radio, but did you look at the camera after you made the joke? Like do the double take and hold it, like Mr. Roper. Like, no. Yeah, you did do a little jack. <laughs> he certainly makes a lot of them. <laughs> you uh, should try telling that to Helen. She can't get it on. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. No, I know. <laughs> and Cal is furiously tugging his ear. Thank you, PJ. Um, 
No, I, I no. There's no chance that and there's no chance Derek Jeter is going for that. There's no chance Derek Jeter is doing that. No chance. My point. My point is that I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world if they did that. If that's what they were doing, then let them do it. Who cares? You know, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I do have a problem with it, and I think Derek Jeter would too. You know, play if you're healthy, play. If they're not, if they're not rushing him back, fine. That's that's what I mean. But if they're purposefully holding him back, I have a huge problem. They're conveniently not rushing him back. Now we're just that's the case. Semantics now, though. I mean, it's just verbal semantics. If they're conveniently not rushing him back, they're holding him back. I you, call you, know, what you want? I I I I don't like the arrogance that that displays. I don't. Okay. I I, I don't care for that because uh, what if you go on a nine-game losing streak because you don't have your captain and then all of a sudden you're three games out of the wild card? Hubris, really friend. Hubris. It's five games, really. That's the only. You know. <laughs> Not that big a deal. <laughs> if you're the Yankees, if you're the Yankees, it's not that big a deal. You can't do that if you're the Mets. They're giving they're giving him an extra week. All, all right, fine. They can give him an extra week. I don't think they're holding him back. They're not. Yeah, they're not holding him. You know. Oh well, let's let's sit him for the next thirteen days because we're going out west and right. we want him to have. You know, I don't think they're doing that at all. I just think that the way the schedule is breaking, and he just ran for the first time today, so he's scheduled to come up the disabled list tomorrow, which he's not going to. No. Just started running today. Give him a couple extra days, you know? So, no, that that's totally fine. You know? Or, you know what? They're going to be home next week anyway. Let him come back in the last game of the Mets series, oh, you know? Just, you just want to see him break this record at home. I don't. I have. I don't have a dog in this race either way. You don't have a vested. I, I understand you don't have a vested. Interest. I don't, I'm just saying. Like I don't you, have a vested dog in this race either <laughs> way. You don't have a hand at the till. No. You don't I'm have two in the bush. You don't have a hand in the tiller. No. I uh, I told uh, pop culture PJ I'm making T-shirts, ready to unload T-shirts, and on the back it's going to say "Steady Hand at the Till." Nice. What do you I think? Like that. That's good. Right? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Radio with a steady hand at the till. <laughs> They're gonna sell like hotcakes. All right, fine. Enough with Jeter. I was just a, it was just a little conversation topic. No, no, it's it's an excellent conversation topic, and oh. I and I and it's an interesting one in the sense that the the if you're the Yankees, you can get away with keeping him on the deal an extra five days or so. Right. You know I. You know, you can you can do that. You're not you're 13, 15 games over 500. If you're the Mets or a team like the Mets that's on the fringe of a playoff race, you know they're not keeping David Wright an extra day longer than they possibly can get him back. You know, like the, I understand the 3,000 hit thing is there with Jeter as well, but they can't afford to like the Mets can't afford to have like Derek or uh, David Wright on you know on the deal for a day longer than he can possibly come off. Well. Whereas the Yankees are like, yeah, Derek, take another week. You look a little peaked. The thing with the thing with David Wright is that he could be ready to play next week. Are they going to send him out to California? No, no, no. He's, so com- you know, he's no, he's coming back at, after the All Star break. Right, but they said he could he could be ready towards the end of next week when they're July fifteenth. July. There's yeah. no chance. Kyle. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. He's got a broken back. For God's sake. Not, not anymore. 
he had a fracture. It, it didn't go away. Just healed, healed a little bit. It healed to the point where he can play. I'm just saying. That broken. Uh, Mama Leone was working the door. <laughs> back to Billy Joel. That's back to Billy Joel. I know. That's the only thing that came. That's the first thing that comes to my mind when you say broken back. <laughs> I, uh, I, there's no chance David Wright is back. They'll bring him back right after the All Star break. They go on a on a on a West Coast swing. Right. After this uh, series with the Yankees and into the All Star break, and they'll bring him back right after the All Star break. Hey, Daniel Murphy's tearing the cover off the ball right now. They're getting by at third base without him. Let the guy rest. I agree. Derek Jeter, not so much. Bring him back. Bring him back. All right, listen, Cal. I know. You want to talk about the NFL. I do. Because or the lack thereof. There's a freaking lockout, Cal. It, you know, I keep forgetting. And we're about, to, we're about to July 1st. This is getting serious. I know. Uh, I, have, I have a buddy of mine, my buddy Joe Dallow. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see what I put up on Facebook? Yeah, I did. I checked. I checked it out. It my buddy, yeah, my buddy Joe and and a couple of his friends out in Los Angeles. Joe uh, has a little production company. He works on like, uh, he worked on Punked for years as an art director. He's an actor. He's he's a he's a bon vivant. Uh, my buddy Joe and he had posted the. He and his buddy shot this video, this little short in six hours. They shot the Ooh. whole thing in six hours because they're wow. using like skeleton crews because they worked on like Punked. So like they, they use like a tiny little crew, like a little camera crew, and it's pretty good quality. But it's uh, it's just a really cool little short. Check it out on my uh, my Facebook page um, uh, about uh, you know like a fan kind of sitting in a parking lot waiting for a football game and there's no football game, you know, waiting to tailgate or whatever. Right. And uh, Cal, this is serious. Now we don't want to get into all the legal machinations and stuff like that. Like the, let's leave that for the lawyers. You got some fancy lawbirds up there with their pretty mouths. All right, took it too far. Um, but you you see that? What that means? You read all that? I went deliverance oddly and mixed lawyering with deliverance. Um, but Cal, you, you know, we've been reading about it every day, and you know, Gary Myers writes about it every day. You know, there's another thing about the lawyers and the owners got together, and then this, that, and the other thing. Let me ask you this very simple question, Brian Calvi. Here we are on July 28th, 2011. 28th. June 28th, sorry. At approximately, I am bad with dates and names. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness you are co. I mean, there's a million reasons why I'm glad you co-host the show. Not the least of which is that I'm off on the date and I have called everybody everything except their right name. I'm just I'm simply here for quality control. That's all. Oh, you add much more than that, Eduardo yeah. Nunez, Edwin Rodriguez, Nefty Police, <laughs> Neftali <laughs> Perez. Um, these are just some of the names that I've screwed up over the last year and a half. Wait, um, strike that. Reverse it. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly why that's there. I need the permanent Wonka. Wait a minute. Strike that. Reverse it. Um, will they play football, Cal? I have to think they would. What does your gut tell you? I know you've read a little bit about it. And and our interest uh, in the NFL was sort of peaked or brought back again because the NFL Network did this top 100 countdown, and they got down to like the top 10 or something. And 
And, you know, Rich Eisen keeps saying, like, stop everybody yelling at me. The players voted on this. <laughs> you know, which means the players voted Donovan McNabb, one of the 100 top players in the NFL going into 2011. Yeah. And did not have Mark Sanchez on the list. Donovan McNabb, who was benched for Rex Grossman in Washington. <laughs> so that that gives you a little idea about this list. But Cal, did they do they blow this? It's only a nine point five billion dollar industry. How could they how could they not how could they not play football this year? I know. They're gonna play they're gonna play football. I'm but getting, it's getting getting a scared. It's getting dangerously close to, to you know, the the zero hour. Well, have you seen any of the uh, the arguments? I know you've looked at it a little bit. I've looked at it a little bit, but not you know a, a tremendous, uh, not going tremendously in depth into the argument. You have to sort of side with the players because the it feels like the owners' money from the networks is guaranteed, and the, and the owners sort of did that. Uh, you know, there are deals when you strike a network deal with the NFL. You can basically just sort of bend over. I mean, you know, the, the NFL has you by uh, if you're a network by the short ones because they have what you want, and that's those three letters, and that's to be able to say you have those three letters on your network. Right. So whatever deal you sign is going to suck for you, but you're going to do it because you want to get the NFL. And and most professional sports are like this, but the NFL is particularly like this. So the owners are sort of, and again, we don't want to talk about this out of school. We don't know a tremendous amount about it. But no. it seems to me, Cal, that the owners are really protected here, and the players are being more, uh, have more solidarity than the owners banked on them having. Like I think they oh, just thought they no would cave, without a doubt. By now, yeah, they they absolutely thought they would cave. And the problem, I think, is that the owners have let this go too far that now they can't turn back. Right. So now they kind of have to ride it out because otherwise, you know, they're going to look weak. It's almost bluff calling. You know, the, the, it's a game of chicken is what yeah. it is. Yep. And there are no winners, my friend. No. And the, who's, who's the biggest loser of them all? The fans. As usual. Per usual. Now, Cal, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, <clears throat> we'll talk more about the NFL, the NFL and the lockout and stuff as we get it. Like, And training camps don't open. But training camps are set to open in like two or three weeks. Not even, like a week. Right? They usually open like the first week of July, right? Uh, training camp is usually... Because the first preseason game is usually the first like around August 5th or 6th. Almost yeah, always. I think, I think training camp is like right after the 4th of July. Right. So we're going to miss that, obviously. Right. Uh, a lot of the players have tweeted and said uh, – in fact, I, I can't remember. Uh, James Ahedabo uh, was on today saying that the owners uh, – he's a safety for the Jets – saying the owners have basically put them on alert and said, be ready to come back to work at any time. That's how close a deal might be. But the question is, what do we do if there's no football, Cal? Like have, literally? That's right. What if What if the lockout goes into the season – and there's no football. Hmm. Figure skating? No. <laughs> I like how you took that seriously. I did. 
I guess I I guess we would be awfully big hockey fans at that point, would we not? Well, yeah, but 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 again, that's only you know we we're gonna watch hockey anyway. It's yeah. it's the Sunday and the Monday, and you know what do we yeah, do? But, but Cal, if there's no football, we're really watching hockey. Yeah, we're talking about hockey on this show. <laughs> we're it's big. Now, PJ just suggested they bring back Battle of the Network Stars. That was <laughs> to take the place of. He also just suggested that we, I don't know, read to your kids. <laughs> Maybe spend time with your children. How dare, how dare you, PJ? How dare you? How dare you? Easy to sit up in your. Who do you think you are? In your lofty perch, my friend. You're, you're very Judgy McJudgerson right there. Sunday is all we have. Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah. I well, we'd have to find some other things to do. I'm sure we would survive. It would be difficult. You know what? You know what? Actually, might be the hardest part about it is no fantasy football. That would be interesting. That was what else I was going to say. That was yeah. something else I was going to add to the equation. We, you know, we run. Uh, uh, my brother and I run our fantasy league. And uh, this is, I think, like our eighth year, or ninth year or something. No, this will be the, the eighth year. Eighth year. So we've been doing it for a while. And uh, we get the CBS Sports line, you know, hey, update your league. And we look at each other like, is there a league? Can't do it. Nobody set a draft date yet. And I tell you, it's going to be it's going to be a real ad hoc draft day. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think ad hoc's the right. I, I don't think that's right. You know, it, I think that works. I think it, that's we're going to be like the players, where right. <laughs> you know, like we're going to on a moment's notice, we're going to have to draft. Right. Scott's going to send out our Scott, our commissioner, is going to send out a uh, be on like a red alert. alert. Right. Be on alert. <laughs> be ready to go. Have your keepers ready. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's enough about the uh, the lockout. Cal, I did want to. Uh, uh, we have some time, and so I I think what we should do. Plenty of time. Is this? Von Traps? <laughs> yes, that's right. It's time for the Ready to Unload Fun Load. Featuring the Von Trapp family. <laughs> Featuring the Von Trapp family and the Salt Lake City Boys Club of America. <laughs> Ray Conniff Singers. Uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Fun Load. Uh, this is uh, a, a little segment of the show where we like to have fun. My parents and, have many Ray Conniff albums. I don't know about yours. No, but, you know, my mom was a big Manilow gal. That uh, was close to Muzak in itself. Yes. But but he had his own charm, if you liked him. Ray Conniff singers had, had no charm. <laughs> it was as bland and as uh, filtered music as you could ever get. <laughs> and that's and that's what you emulated doing the fun load song. 
So that's why I like that you're comparing my 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 ten or twelve hours of work directly to that. That's great. That's great. I'm going to take some small white pills now. <laughs> let me tell you so. Let me tell you a story about. Suck it. Wow. Uh, uh, all right. Now, uh, Peach, before we get to the pop culture portion of the uh, fun load, Cal and I did have a sports portion of the fun load. Now, which we would love for you to be in on, but I just wanted to let you know that. Interesting. <laughs> okay. You ready? <laughs> Cal, why don't you tell PJ what we what we wanted to talk about? Well, you know, we're going back to Derek Jeter and his quest for the 3,000th hit. It got us to thinking about sports milestones and how 3,000 3, 3,000 hits is a big milestone in the world of sports. You hear 3,000 hits, it's like your ticket to the Hall of Fame. We started thinking about other milestones in sports that are not necessarily unachievable, but are are the most important, the most well-known, what what you think of, like our perception of big milestones in sports. And there are ones that uh, ones that I perceive uh, are untouchable. Not untouchable, but what you what like what you perceive is the most like important. Like when you hear, "Oh, this guy just won three hundred games." Wow, that's a big deal. You know, something like that. <laughs> you know, you got anything like that? <laughs> well, here's the thing. No, here's the thing. Honestly, and and Cal and I were sort of interested in this because there's a. I once uh, won five consecutive handball games, and I hadn't brought a drink. That's Again, that's there you go. That's the sort of milestone we're talking about. Or right. we're talking about a Major League Baseball pitcher winning 300 games, like something like that. Very comparable. No, no, but also the idea is that the, the perception has changed. Derek Jeter is about to get 3,000 hits. 3,000 hits used to be automatic into the Hall of Fame, um, sure. and it will be it will be for Derek Jeter. Uh, but because of the steroids era, milestones in baseball have changed. And the perception of milestones in baseball have changed. So, you know, Roger Clemens wins 300-plus games. Um, used to be a short ticket for the Hall of Fame, but steroids have sort of clouded that. So they've sort of clouded the milestones. And, you know, Cal and I, uh, being, you know, sports junkies that we are, have grown up on milestones. I mean, that's what, you know, statistically, that's what you – even in football as well, baseball especially, there were certain things that, like – you just you heard them and you're like, oh, that guy's got to be great, or that's legendary, or you know. Now Cal Ripken, for example, that I know Cal, I know. Take it easy. I know you don't like Cal Ripken. Cal has a personal vendetta, vendetta against Cal Ripken. Okay, he's uh, a nice guy. But he, you know, that's a record that will never be broken ever. You know, that's a milestone that's ridiculous. But that's that's unachievable, unattainable. Exactly. Like Cy Young won 511 games. Nobody's ever going to sniff that. No one's ever going to do it. Well, let me ask you a question, Bri. Is someone ever going to win 300 games again? Is yes. that is that him? Who? CC Sabathia, I think, is going to win 300 games. There's no way. His body will break down. There's no way. I don't think so. There's no way. He what throws, do we have now? He throws 220 innings a year, Cal. He's never been on the DL. There's no chance. He's not built for it. How many does he have now? I don't. I do, we don't have Doctor E Ray here. We don't have that ability right now. Yeah, we can't. That's, 
We we can't use Google on our own. I can't do that. If I continue no, I, to I, say, I, how many does he have now? <laughs> <laughs> will maybe, Dr. E. Ray materialize? Maybe that number will appear at some point. Look, I, all right, so maybe CeCe has it. I don't think there are a ton of guys who have an outside shot at it that are around now. I, I really don't. And, and I, I think that's a milestone that's changed. The perception of that has changed. Guys don't uh, throw as many innings as they used to. Guys get uh, arm injuries much quicker. They lose a year or two from Tommy John. There's, you know, five-man rotation, six-man rotation, specialization. I don't think it's a milestone that means as much. He's got 167 wins right now. Oh, he's got no chance. He's What is he, 29 years old? He's 31. Oh, forget about it. He'll be, he'll be 31 on July 21st. So he would need, let's say he wins another... Let's say he wins another eight this year. Okay. Okay. He's ten and four right now. He wins another eight. That's sure. That's being conservative. Okay. That puts him at one seventy-five. He needs one twenty-five. He'd need to average what? Twelve five a year for 12, ten. Twelve five a year. Until he's you know, forty-one. Right. Maybe fourteen a year for the next eight years or whatever it is. Can you see him pitching the thirty-nine and winning fourteen games? He's six seven two seventy five. Come on. No, but I can but I can see him winning twenty games the next few years. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting all night for you to make a prediction. <laughs> Hand just hovering over the button all the time. Uh, maybe, all right, maybe CeCe has an outside shot at it. He's the only guy, Cal, I don't think he gets to it. 300 wins for a pitcher in baseball is a milestone that used to be the thing, and I don't think it, I think you're going to have to change the dynamic. I think it becomes 250 wins and a period of dominance. I agree with that. And now you're a Hall of Fame pitcher, like, like Pedro, for example. Okay, and Pedro's not even at 250 wins. Okay, but but Pedro is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Because dominated. He's 100 games over 500, right? and he was dominant. But the, the milestones have changed because of steroids in baseball. Have they changed in football? They absolutely have. Of course they have. Thousand-yard rushers, like uh, guys are doing that in eight games. You know, that, that doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I think the new, the new marking stick – marking stick? I don't know what that is. What? <laughs> marking stick? Yardstick? What are, you, what are you going for there? I think yard the yard, I think that might yardstick might have been what he was going for. Measure, All right, measuring stick. Or measuring Will stick, someone yeah. bring me the appropriate stick, please? You just, you just need some sort of stick to signify. The, I don't. I think the high water stick. Right now. <laughs> No, I think the, the measuring stick is uh, is fourteen hundred yards. I would say in a sixteen game season. Uh, how many fourteen hundred yards? You put it fourteen hundred, twelve hundred. Uh, probably twelve hundred. But you're right. Yeah. But it's it's definitely it's not the same. A guy who was a thousand yard like Curtis Martin was a thousand yard rusher for you know his first ten twelve years in the league, and that was impressive for durability. But a right. thousand yard rusher is not that big a deal. Milestones are just not what they used to be, Cal. No. They're just not in in any of the sports. No, but there but there are some things when when a person achieve a player achieves a milestone where you 
you you acknowledge it and and you you right away it's like oh wow this person did that Why? You know, like 50, 50 goals in the NHL somebody scores 50 goals in the NHL that's a big deal that's nice not that's thrilling a big deal. 50 goals it's nice i think it, how many guys score 50 goals every season nobody right. scores 50 goals maybe one or two all right there's a lot less scoring now because of the clutching and the grabbing right if you're going to tell me 50 goals in 50 games, a la Mike Bossy. Right, well, that's, nobody, nobody does that. La Machine. There, there are, I know, there, there are a number of... Somebody hits for the cycle. The cycle's nice. I, I've never understood... What? I, I, I don't know why... What is, what is... I don't even know you. I'm, I'm you know impressed what? by the cycle. I am impressed. No, don't don't get me wrong. I'm impressed by it, but it's it's crazy. It's such a happenstance thing because usually the triple is like gotten stupidly. This is crazy town. Like I think like Reyes should hit for the cycle like once a month. You know, I mean, he hits he hits that many triples. I don't know. Isn't the isn't the triple usually like the left fielder fell down? I mean, it's usually something stupid. I don't know. Uh, The cycle's nice. It's not thrilling, but nice. Next thing you're going to tell me is a no-hitter is just eh. At what? There were 13 of them last year. Oh, my goodness. This is crazy. This is really... It's common for you. <laughs> what? You you don't think that, that a no-hitter uh, was commonplace last year? The guys throwing them every week. I mean... So it's, like, it's like Chipotle now. Chipotle <laughs> used to be a rare thing. Now everything's got Chipotle. That's exactly right. It's. I think it's. I think it's the pesto of the eighties. Thank you. It's absolutely everything's. Everybody's got Chipotle now. Everybody's throwing no hitters. That's right. I bought with Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> We're lousy with Chipotle and no hitters right now. It's like the Hamptons being lousy with Baldwin's. This is the way it works. Can't lousy. <laughs> This is lousy. Look, I, I, a no-hitter is obviously still a much bigger deal than the cycle. Don't get me wrong. All right? But I, 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 these are not milestones to me. Milestones is 3,000 hits. You're talking career. That's, an, that's a milestone to me, an accomplishment. Or, or, or you know, a no-hitter is an accomplishment. It's nice. Mark Witten hit four home runs in a game. Is Mark Witten an all-time player? No. Good answer. 300 home runs. What does that no, do for you? Nothing. Ugat's on Google now. Yeah. Now it does four, nothing. Four, how about 400? Well, when they put David Arthur Kingman in the Hall of Fame, 400 home runs will mean something to me. You're not getting there either. But do you remember growing up, 300 home runs was like, my God. It was huge. It was huge. You know, do you remember when Gary Carter was going for his 300th home run and it took him forever? Yep, I do. I remember that. You know? It took him like two weeks and it was like a big thing. And Yeah. Then Gary Sheffield hit his 400th home run when he happened to be playing for the Mets. Right. And it was like, you know, that's nice. That's That's cool. He'll never get in the Hall of Fame. No. Yeah. 3,000 strikeouts, that was once a big deal. That was a very big deal. They're not that Milestones are not what we used to make them. They're not your father's milestones, right? They're not even your cousin uh, Frankie's milestones anymore. All right. They may be like your third cousin Chet's milestones. So, Derek, so just, just bringing it full circle here, 
please, before we move on to the pop culture, I can, I can contribute. Portion. I have, I have, I have one sport where I, where I I can contribute milestones. Basketball, tennis. Oh, interesting. There's there's, there's still some untouchables in tennis. Like, well, Grand Slam. You got Grand Slam winner now. Federer has got in uh, one year sixteen. Sixteen Grand Slams overall, but uh, in terms of uh, never won it in a year. He never won it in a year. Mm-hmm. Better than never... sixty-six titles, but Connors has over a hundred. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, Connors is still the king of the sport. Uh, Open sorry, era shoot. match wins. Connors has twelve hundred. Twelve hundred match. Federer is on that list yet? Oh, he's got to be. Yeah, he's around seven. No, he's around seven fifty. He's five hundred away. He also plays a lot less tennis than Connors did. Right, Connors played every week. Yeah, Connors year round. <laughs> he would play a match to open a Safeway. Let's <laughs> welcome Jimmy Connors and Bjorn Borg. No, Connors played for what, like twenty seven years? Exactly. That's the other thing. He played from when he was like 17 to when he was like 53. He was like, yeah, you know, he kept great. winning. He kept winning 109 titles. He kept winning. That's uh, no, it's that's absolutely impressive. That's a milestone, you know, that's uh Ruthian in tennis. But who's beyond, a better beyond player? Borg, beyond who's Borg got the six consecutive Wimbledon finals. I mean, come but, on. But who's These a better titans. But who's a better player, Peach, Connors or Federer? I like Jimmy Connors because he's got a lot of heart. Puts a lot into the game. <laughs> you brought it full circle. Thank you. You went back to the 1963 New York Mets yearbook. Which is what <laughs> Jimmy Connors started. I think Jimmy Connors is the top. Uh, I would say Fe- I would take Federer over Connors. I'll be honest with you. I would take Federer. In a, in a head-to-head stat match, you'd lose. No, not in a head-to-head stat match. Just who's the better player. What does that mean? All time, who's the better player? I mean, stats only take you so far. Derek Jeter's about no, to get... They, no, stop it. This is why sports radio sucks. What are you talking about? <laughs> stats only take you so far. Okay. You have, to, you have to take other things You have to take other things into account. All right. So say Jimmy Connors had more wins, right? Jimmy Connors also played in a much more watered-down field. Okay. Unto, uh, 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 as opposed to... Uh, uh, not, I'm, not saying on, I'm not saying on the upper echelon. I'm saying he played in a watered-down field for a lot of those 1,200 match wins. Okay. So he was playing your cousin Sal, you know, in the lower rounds of those tournaments. <laughs> All right. They were opens. It's it, it's the open era, they call it. And, and At the beginning better, of the open, yes, your cousin Sal can play, but he's quickly eliminated. What my cousins, I was very good at tennis. What, uh, but, but what's more difficult, winning a match or winning a Grand Slam title, winning one of the big four? I think Connors it's, has those two. He has a couple. Nice. He's eight and seven. Eight and eight and seven's not that great. I'll take Federer's. What has Federer got? Seventeen Grand Slam titles. He's got a few. I'm just saying. But this is why this is why sports radio is great, not sucks. 
Because Absolutely you could, not. You could, you could argue and talk about this the live long day. There's no right answer. That's that's not good. What is what? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm a Macintosh guy anyway. Go to school. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with your life? I, we can talk about this forever. There's no end. There's no right answer. There's be a grown up. Everything is a right answer. There's no wrong here. You know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at a giant chart on the internet, and you know whose name is on the top the most? Jay Connors. All right. I think that about settles it. The defense rests. (laughs) Now go get your Chipotle and sit down. Get your shine box and your Chipotle and sit down. All right, fine. The, the, the tennis, actually, though, Peach, honestly, is a great call because there are milestones in individual sports. We look at Tiger, obviously, who's faltered of late or whatever, but you look at the Grand Slams that Nicholas won, and will he ever get to that title? And Rory McIlroy comes in now and is obviously a very talented player, and maybe he comes in and wins a whole bunch of majors that nobody ever saw that coming. Those individual sports are, are sort of marked by the majors, by your major wins, but you make a great point with Connors. Connors is always talked about as a top five, top eight guy. But Connors has the most wins in the open era. So, like, how could you not make Just because he didn't win as many Grand Slams, he did By 200. By 200. He had to play against Bjorn. The field between him and the number two player is 200 games. Right. Matches, yes. 200 matches, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, Deuce. Well, advantage. Hey, watch him now. (laughs) <laughs> Advantage pop culture PJ. Uh, what's the uh, well? The milestones have certainly changed. What's the pop culture portion of the show now that we hit the eleven o'clock hour? We're in extra time. The I, you know, I was a little distracted, and uh, it made me think about well, pop culture. Um, I've been really distracted by Pandora. I can't get uh, anything done because I keep running over to Pandora and and and. Using it and and it and it's entertaining me. Okay. Do you, do you guys use the Pandora? I do. It, internet radio. I love Don't, it. You almost sound ashamed there, Cal. No, no, no. I'm I'm very interested to hear where this goes because I'm a huge fan. Well, Pandora's got something that no one else has got. They've got this algorithm. Mm-hmm. This 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 music genome that they're doing, where if you tell it you like not even a group, but down to a specific song, you tell it I like Hotel California by the Eagles. They will, Why would you do that? <laughs> I'm trying to speak as an everyman. I didn't. I put in Phantom of the Opera by Iron Maiden. It's different. <laughs> But they'll 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 create a station for you that is so instantly suited to your tastes, and you didn't you didn't tell them anything else because they've got this music genome figured out so perfectly. Uh, I have been on Pandora since two thousand and seven. Right, Jimmy Connors was still playing that. That's correct. <laughs> I played Jimmy Connors in a match. No, I I've been on Pandora and uh I I uh, I'm not a huge user of it. I use it much more now on my phone, believe it or not, in the car. Hmm. I, I started I, paying I, for it. I became a, really? a paid subscriber to go up to the higher sample rate. It's worth it. 
completely worth it. Uh, it's it is it is uh, pretty magical. Now my question is to you guys: Could they make a sports Pandora? That was my question to you. Oh, shut the front door. Was it really? Yeah. I'm, Cal, I'm, not they make a- I'm not upset that you said it first. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to go storm off now. <laughs> <laughs> Cal, could they do that? How do you make a sports Pandora? I guess it would it would have to be like for video. Yeah, tell it what you like about a team. Well, yeah, but I'm but but I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with the with the with the model here. Is it like a television station? Is it gotta be gotta be radio a radio broadcast? What do you how are you? Where are we going with this? I think uh, Sports Pandora would recommend uh, certain matchups that you'd be interested in that you may not know about. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, that's good. That's, that's interesting. You know, I like that. You're you interested in teams with strong pitching. You may not know that blank blank is playing today at such and such. Uh, you know, and with the internet and instant uh, access and streaming and MLB.com, you'd probably be able to get to that game, right? Uh, in a few clicks. I like the highlight idea, though. I like like classic Pandora. Like if I put in '86 Mets, say mm-hmm. 1986 Mets. It plays me video clips from that season. Sure. Uh, or and sports and, genome knows that you like Cinderella stories. Right. You know. Or, Gary and, Carter. And if you like that team, you know, you get a whole bunch of like uh, Keith Hernandez's highlights from his career, or something, or you know, the guys on that team. I think it's a highlight deal. As a clip I, machine, yeah. that would be that would be awesome. Oh, that would be magnificent. I what is hey. what. Cal, what what stations? What I, I feel like I'm about to turn into uh, Jiminy Glick here, but Cal, what does it? What does a station do? What does a Calvi have? What kind of station? Because I'm really curious. What sort of stations Brian Calvi has on his Pandora? On my Pandora? Yeah. That what is kind genius. of? What kind of? Sta- Jiminy Glick, by the way, underrated. Tremendous. Very underrated. That's and the uh, those seven people from before only got that too. So <laughs> right. the, the seven people from Fernwood tonight <laughs> understand Jiminy Glick. What do you got on Pandora, Cal? What do I? Oh, geez, what do I got? Um, I got a Beatles station. I think everybody's got a Beatles station. I think that's industry standard. Yes. You know, I think they issue that with Pandora. <laughs> right. If you were born uh, certain age range, right? Right. I have a um. You know, and and what you'll do is like you'll think of a song or you'll think of a band and you'll plug it in. So I've got like fifteen stations because it's just just one off. You know, let me. I want to put this in and see where it takes me. Um, I've got an Alice in Chains station, which is kind of cool. I did not see that coming. Yeah, I like that. That's an uplifting station. Yeah, that's. (laughs) Which brings dim the lights. I'm putting on the Alice in Chains station. (laughs) Well, that's. That's where the, that's where the genome project really uh, <laughs> makes its bones. Cook the crack. It's time for yeah. me. Uh, but that, that brings me to an interesting question for you. An, another question about Pandora, right? Now, PJ, I gotta imagine Pandora. You must have eight thousand stations because, for those of you who don't know, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ is a complete music file. Uh, so music yeah, and a music completist. I have to when I like something, I need to get 
all of it. Correct. Pandora must be like pissed at you. <laughs> oh, PJ's logging on again. I'm exhausted. Oh. Pandora actually sent me a note. Now I I pay now, so you get you get your own desktop player. Right. When you, when you pay for Pandora, you get Pandora One, and uh, it, I left it on for so long because I was doing so many things around the house, and I just leave it on, and I crank it through the stereo, and it's amazing. And this little window came up and said, "Are you really still listening? You know, we pay for every song." And it was really pissy. It was, you know, we pay for every song we play, so we really want to know that you're still there. I was like, yes, mother father, I am still here. <laughs> I love how Pandora's pissy with you. Right. I mean, I'm really. Look. PJ, Pandora's like, really, PJ, really, really, another Iron and Wine song, really. I mean, oh, come on now. I exhaust the Iron and Wine song. I do. But I, now, Cal, do you find that like? So I found this. Little, I'm a big quick mix guy now. Yeah. Like I have my ten stations, or whatever, and then I go quick mix. But I, my funny thing was, or at least I think it's funny. I've forgotten that I've had a couple of stations in there. So, oh. so for example, like I, I wanted to hear a Ruddles song in the worst way. Uh huh. And the Ruddles are a, uh, it was a, a Monty Python spoof of the Beatles from 1977 and it's a great document or mockumentary if you've never seen it it's magnificent and they did a whole album that sound just like Beatles songs but are not Beatles songs so I, I had a Ruddle station well I forgot it's on there so I put Quick Mix on and I get it seems to fall in love with those stations I forgot that I have like the Sinatra station and just play songs over and over yeah. and then I, I exhaust my six immediately right I exhaust well, my because I don't need to hear the Ruddles four times in a row in an hour. Here's my issue, and this is this is a huge issue for the quick mix. I um my wife does not have her own Pandora account. <laughs> mistake. Huge, yeah, so huge mistake. Do you share an underwear drawer? No, uh, you don't. We do. You don't. We do. What's wrong with that? Enough. Well, here's the problem. Well, but the but the problem with that is that you know, she's a school teacher. She's off during the summer. I don't know what she's doing all day. I don't know what she's listening to. But I find out when I'm quick mixing, and all of a sudden I hear a song from Glee pop up. There it is. What in the world? What? <laughs> and it's blaring in your office. I just want to be depressed <laughs> and listen to Wood. <laughs> and now I gotta hear uh, "Teenage Dream" by the Warblers. <laughs> but did... <laughs> those Warblers are talented. I'm sorry, I gotta give it up. They are, no, they are. They are very talented. The the some of the stations that you have in there though just wind up being sort of funny. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it is it is very genius how it can sort of find things like I have the the Pearl Jam station that I have is is magnificent. Go ahead and laugh. Yeah, I'm completely shocked at that one. Okay, okay. The jerk store called. That's all I got to say. All right. Right. (laughs) Um, But the PJ station is awesome because it plays like live stuff and it plays like deep cuts. Like sometimes the computer's bleeding. You know, it's it's very deep cut stuff. But the uh, some of the other stations that I have are so geared towards only one mood. 
you know, that that when they do come up in the quick mix, I'm like, wow, I am just not that depressed today. I just, I, I can't have it. <laughs> you know, like I, like the Elliot Smith channel is just like, I'm, <laughs> I, and I love Elliot Smith, but the other stuff that it's playing in the Elliot Smith channel, wow. What, are you hoping to get the stuff from the Elliot Smith upbeat period? <laughs> that was oh, like 15, seven 15, right, 15 minutes in 1997. Right. When he when he felt good about himself. Think it's gonna be okay. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's your impression of Elliot Smith, right? There it was. Yeah. Uh all right, so let's wrap this up. Favorite Pandora station that you've discovered. Shall I go first? PJ I have two. Okay. Uh, one, Bill Hicks. There's a Bill Hicks station? All you have to do is type. Wow. I didn't And and the uh the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway station which uh steeps you in old genesis and long format obscure prog rock. You can't hear it every day cuz you'll you'll die. But when you're in the mood for some tasty tasties, you put that on. Is there a whole lot of prog rock that's not obscure? I will kill you from space <laughs> with a satellite. Book, book club. Um, <laughs> uh, Cal, what do you got? <laughs> uh, well, you know, ironically, it's the Glee station. <laughs> <laughs> Most surprisingly enjoyable. I have not um, once fast-forwarded through a Glee song, I have to say. <laughs> Now that's just not accurate. I'm serious. Do you oh, get well, a lot if of? You're going to spend the whole afternoon with Alice in Chains. I think you need a little glee to bring you out of it. It's just exactly. it's a balance. It's just a balance. Did you did you do you get a lot of like screaming trees on the Alice in Chains stage? Do because sure. I yes, I love it. I nearly lost. You could play Nearly Lost You every day for me. I'm good. <laughs> uh, What's yours? I would say I would say probably um, I. I Gosh, I did like a Sinatra, like a 90s, uh, I mean, a uh, uh, crooner sort of station that I found that's really, really good. I like It's a lot of Dean Martin and Sinatra, but it's a lot of live stuff, which I like. You get any Buble on that station? No Buble. Buble yeah. free. No, it's all the old guys. It's none of the contemporary nonsense. Oh, good, good. And uh, <laughs> He typed like- scotch and cigars, and he got that. <laughs> that's right. The, yeah, the, the search was the search was that's how I swing, baby. I like to call that faux natra. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like yeah. that. And uh, the other station that I found that's really really good is um, the Rack on Tour station because I get a lot of white stripes. Speaking I get of, a lot. Speaking of, of not being obscure, okay. With, dude, really the oh, Rack on yeah, Tour? Yeah, they're obscure? all over the map. Everyone knows about them. It's true. I know about him, Steve. That's not yeah. That you good. and your ten friends. I know. Everybody knows about the rack on tours, PJ. Juggle- jealousy is an ugly emotion. That is untrue and weak. <laughs> I I think I know that. Um, <laughs> well, Pandora was only my lead-in comment. Oh my god. I was I was gonna uh, give you a list of uh, celebrities spotted at Yankee games and Met games. <laughs> oh, go. Do that. No, we can save that for next week. They're playing each other this weekend. Let's save it. You save it. You save it. Oh, 
Save it. I like the Pandora conversation. It's very interesting. And I think that Pandora, uh, just in closing, though, very seriously, is I, I don't I, – I'm glad they're making money on it now. Like, Let me put it to you that way because for years it was free. And uh, like I said, like I used to abuse it. I'd have it on at work for like nine hours just all day you know, before mm-hmm. they started streaming WFAN. That's what I listened to. And uh, it, really, I'm like glad they charge for it now <laughs> because I'm like, how are these guys? This is not going to work. And like I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't want it to go away. I didn't want it to. I wanted them to start making money on it because I didn't want it to go away. So well, I'm it, glad. I'm glad you're paying, PJ. I am paying, and it, you know, it's a pittance. Yeah, for what you get, three dollars a month. Yeah, for what you get, it's 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 ridiculous. I totally agree. Well, I believe in patronage. I have long believed you like music, for God's sake, pay for it. That's just me. That's a whole other show. That's our public service announcement for the night. There it was. Thank you. Fantastic. Stop pirating everything all. <laughs> As I blare the song that you wrote. And that, pirate it. And that I pirated. <laughs> Well done. Thank you, PJ. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for producing again tonight. And thanks for being so uh, positive and book clubby. Get me my intern. We, we will work on the intern. We need, <laughs> we need a contest. Yes. Two two things came out of this tonight. One, Cal and I are going to do the Moneyball thing. Okay? So the Moneyball challenge into the Moneyball show. Right. And the other one is we're putting it up on Facebook tomorrow. PJ needs an intern for both the show and around the house. A little light dusting is required. Is that correct? Or could you live without the windows and the light dusting? I will provide meals. <laughs> Thanks, Peach. We'll talk to you next week, pal. Okay. Uh, I think I might sign up for that. I think so. If he's cooking. He's a tremendous cook. Cal, uh, give me a final unload. Uh, my final unload is... Now, I can't wait to do the Moneyball show because I had a whole thing on Jonah Hill that I wanted to bring up. Oh. And that's going to have to wait now till the Moneyball show, but I'll just leave it at this. I don't get it. The whole Jonah Hill thing. I'm missing something. Couldn't agree more. True How's that for <laughs> A blind daredevil? <laughs> you think he can't see? <laughs> He's a blind crime fighter? Is that a true story, Michael? Uh, my final unload is, uh, we mentioned it before, let's say goodbye to Peter Falk, uh, who uh, not only was Columbo, but holds a near and dear place in my heart as the grandfather in Princess Bride, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, and uh, Peter, as you wish. Uh, that's all the time we have for Ready to Unload this week. Join us next Tuesday night for another episode slash podcast. Check out the podcast of this show at www.rtusports.com. Also, check out some of the websites that we're reading. Uh, Metsblog.com by Matt Cerrone. Uh, Patrick Flood's uh, great Mets blog on SNY.com. And uh, and check out Beer Money on SNY TV. That's uh, Channel 577 <laughs> on uh, Fios. Our good friend Dan Shackner is on Beer Money. Uh, it's a fun show, and uh, he is a friend of the program. All right, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. And uh, until then, Cal, say goodnight to the people. Happy 4th, everyone. Happy 4th.
Book Club. <laughs>